0: Somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, yes, Mr. Rob Roop, thank you very much. Mike with you here. This is Mike Davidson lives. You might hear some uh, computer beeping in the background. That's uh, that's something else that's running right now. Uh, you might notice if you, you listen to the last podcast that I got a little more voice than I did that time. Uh, I would say about 80-85% here. But it was really hard doing that last episode, coughing fits, and just trying to keep it up. But uh, thank you for hanging in there with me. Uh, the, I, I try to take care of my voice as best I could, and uh, with my job, uh, I have to yell in a warehouse sometimes, and that's not the best. So I had to rely on others. So I, I did rest it, but I can't really say I, I followed all of the uh, the well known medical procedures when it comes to taking care of a laryngitis type of situation, because I used Dr. Google to see what I had to do, Um, and uh, a couple of the steps they recommended was to avoid caffeine and alcohol, not that I drink on the job, mind you, in fact, I really don't drink until like Friday, Saturday night, and it's very little. Um, but uh, giving up coffee throughout the work week and then coming home to three really loud kids, no, nah, that's that's not that's not going to happen, man. I can't give that up, but uh, feeling a lot better and looking forward to the weekend that is upon me. Speaking of kids, um, you know, they're, they're all excited for Halloween, as you know, and uh, we went out to the pumpkin patch, or a pumpkin patch, the pumpkin patch closed, uh, but we got our pumpkins taken care of. But uh, I tell you, Hazel. She might be the sneakiest of my kids because uh, you, know, I was getting ready for work yesterday. Grandma came over and I were trying to get the kids into the car. You know, uh, Lana's at school. Uh, so Grandma dropped her off, and then Logan and Hazel are getting into the car. And Hazel, before I will left, she goes, Daddy, Daddy, kiss me, kiss me. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. So I lean in, I kiss her on the forehead, and I hear her go, like a butt. <laughs> yeah, she definitely takes after me. That's, uh, that's uh, quite a little gross out there, uh, Hazel. Thank you very much. But <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I wasn't laughing at that. But... Uh, but uh, she's, she's a pistol, that one. Okay, so um, that, that gave you my theory last week as of what was going on with Trevor Noah. And if I said anything that was uh, errant wrong, that uh, you can call me out on it or I'll admit to it. And I guess I was partially wrong here, but uh, there's a little more of the story that's still unfolding. But I guess uh, it wasn't necessarily a pro- uh, producer's or uh, TV exec's idea that he moves on. I guess he really does want to move on from The Daily Show which is no skin off my nose if he stays or if he goes, because I I don't watch that show, but uh, apparently, according to one source I read, uh, it was so much of his decision that uh, the producers of his show didn't know until he was talking about it with the audience prior to taping. So there's a little bit of fallout there. Um, But he's still doing his show. They didn't uh, go with uh, an interim host like... uh, uh, like a rerun of Parks and Rec, because that's all they show on Comedy Central outside of uh, the Daily Show, is reruns of South Park and Parks and Rec. Uh, but I still, I'm still i still the mindset that if he's leaving, they're going to go with somebody that's kind of a well-known, and somebody with a, sh- a tie to the show, and Samantha Bee would be that go-to for me. Not necessarily that I'm a fan of hers, I'm just saying that that, uh, it would make sense, and, uh, uh, and ratings be Dan for both The Daily Show and uh, the show that got canceled of hers out on TBS. So we'll see how that happens. Uh, speaking of canceled, guess what's back on? Uh, Elon. Elon is apparently buying Twitter. Uh, hadn't heard anything about it for a while because uh, they didn't want him to buy it. Then he wanted to buy it, and they were like, okay, cool, buy it. And he's like, nah, nah. In fact, uh, they, they came to an agreement that... Uh, uh, he will buy it today for, uh, or was it yesterday? One of those days. Uh, they blur together anymore if you have uh, if you work. Uh, but uh, forty-four billion with a B, damn dollars, is uh, the asking price, and uh, he will buy that apparently. So, and already again, the employees are pitching a fit about it. Uh, David Burge, better known on uh, Twitter as uh, Iowa Hawk. Uh, pretty much sums it up best, uh, this whole episode. Musk, I want to buy Twitter. Twitter, oh, no, you're not. Musk, okay, then I won't. Twitter, the hell you won't. Musk, okay, I will. Twitter, over my dead body. <laughs> yeah, it pretty much makes a lot of sense, considering how much back and forth there was on that. But, uh, yeah, that's Twitter. I really don't have a problem with him buying it, if especially again if he adheres to the whole free speech thing, because you can't rely on people chewing your food for you and cutting it up for you and you know basically choosing what kind of information you need to believe or not. In fact, as as Twitter goes this weekend anyway, like I, there's a couple of stories that were that I kind of followed. With a cocked eyebrow, but uh, I don't, I don't think anybody uh, like a fact check or anything stepped in. I, I was cautious about both stories. One was, uh, uh, what was it? It was uh, President Z, Xi, Xi uh, over in China. They said that there was a, a bunch of people were saying a military coup is possible. No sources, but apparently he's out in China. And I kept looking for sources to confirm it, but it was all just hearsay, conjecture, hints, allegations, and a whole lot of things being said. And then he made an appearance earlier this week, so I was like, okay, there was no military coup. Okay, so that's uh, that's one thing. I was able to determine on my own, without anybody else's help, that there may not have been a whole hell of a lot to that story to begin with. Um, and, uh, there's one other story, uh, involving some financial institutions over in Europe, and I, I don't want to get into a big finance thing, because that's not really what I'm about, but some people were talking about how they would melt down this week, and it's already Wednesday night, nothing has melted down yet, because, again, I had to kind of confirm with things, and, you know, these, uh, financial institutions, uh, that I'm alluding to are in some dire straits, but nothing that would say, okay, this week everything hits the fan, but shall see. Uh, But uh, Elon Musk buying Twitter again, not a big problem for me. Uh, Tom Brady playing football, though, for Giselle is a problem. And I guess this has been a far more public thing that needs to be. Because, you know, he said, you know, he was retiring earlier this year, and then one month later, he's like, now I'm going back into the game. And I guess this upset his wife so much so that uh, there's a separation. And now there's talk that both Tom and Giselle have hired divorce lawyers, and I guess earlier today, this is Wednesday night, she was spotted down in South uh, South Florida without a wedding ring on, so things are not looking too good for that couple, Um, and probably means that Tom's going to play for another four or five seasons, Jesus, Um, but I I alluded to this a few weeks ago, I mean, Tom Brady, uh, you know, this uh, world beater, but can you win at everything? That's the problem here. I mean, the guy has pretty much set, broken a bunch of records in uh, the National Football League. He's going to have a wing named after him in Canton, for crying out loud. He's got seven rings, six with one team, uh, one with the current one he's on. And, uh, you know, even though he took it, uh, the Bucks took it on the chin earlier this week against Kansas City, he's still putting up pretty decent numbers. So he's healthy, but again, can you win at everything? Can you have two masters? And, and by masters, I mean, uh, you know, career and family. And Tom has brought in about two hundred fifty million dollars with his uh, endorsements in uh, football playing days, and he's going to have a bunch of money when he gets back out on the road as an analysis, an, al- an announcer. I can't. My tongue is not better apparently. An announcer. For Fox Sports. So, I mean, it's not going to be as intense as uh, playing a game every Sunday. Um, but he just can't hang it up. And he thinks he could keep playing forever. And that may not be good for him in the long run. I keep thinking of that opening scene in The Hustler where Paul Newman's character goes into that pool hall to take on Minnesota Fats. And Minnesota Fats is this legendary pool hustler, this legendary, you know, Guy with a cue stick, you know, Jackie Gleason, great performance. Uh, Paul Newman, great performance. And for uh, the first few games, Paul Newman keeps beating him, but he doesn't know how to handle himself. He doesn't know how to, you know, stop drinking and when to walk away. And he ends up after a long day and night of uh, playing against Minnesota Fats, losing his shirt, losing money, and just being hung over. Um. I don't know if that's going to be the look for Tom Brady ultimately when he does decide to hang up his cleats. But where he was when he decided to retire, I think was a good place. And now, uh, and now he's looking at uh, just his family being blown apart. It's kind of you know, it's kind of sad when you look at it. And I'm not the world's biggest Tom Brady fan, but I mean, Jesus, you've done it all. What else do you have to prove? Uh, so that's what's going on. But hey, I mentioned he made $250 million, but uh, Giselle, because of, you know she's a supermodel, and apparently uh, super savvy with cash, uh, $400 million. That's how much she's worth. So maybe she's the one paying him alimony at the end of things. So that's what's going on with that mess. Um, going back to Monday night football, um, uh, there's a few nights back, uh, Rams, 49ers, and the Rams look like complete garbage. Uh, Earlier in the game, though, uh, some of their defensive players, Bobby Wagner and Dakarist McKinley, uh, really, really won my heart because uh, this game was in Santa Clara and for all intents and purposes, uh, San Francisco, and San Fran is hippie capital USA. um, This stupid animal rights activist decided to run out in the middle of the football field during the game with uh, you know pink smoke, make uh, drawing drawing attention to how we shouldn't be eating caged meat and meat is wrong and all this crap. Well, these two guys, these two gentlemen, saw him and promptly tackled his ass and he was carted off. And I, you know, I know the Rams got their asses handed to them, but I still think that the ownership should offer those two gentlemen you know bonuses. Peyton Manning, I guess, during the Manning cast really liked it too. He was like all about it. Um, but this activist isn't, and because it is California, oh boy, listen to this, he has uh, decided, this uh, this hippie, to file criminal charges about him getting tackled by football players on a football field during a football game, Monday Night Football. You know, this guy knew what he was doing. He was getting out there to interrupt for his message because, damn it, I care, and you need to notice that I care. He, uh, he probably had his message stuffed, and so now he is suing, or not suing, but at least looking into criminal charges. I mean, this is what happens when a grand jury awards an old lady money because her car didn't have cup holders and she ordered hot coffee. Now we've got people that wander out on the football field who know damn well that's a little dangerous because the guy's out on the field uh, who are much bigger than you, I might add, are wearing pads and helmet, for crying out loud. This should be thrown out. In Most states, it would be. But this is California we're talking about, and uh, you know what? It could have happened in Los Angeles, the Rams' home base of operations. Had this happened, though, in, say, like, Dallas or Houston, uh, yeah, he would still be tackled. But as he's being carted off the field, somebody would have thrown... Uh, their uh, their beef nachos on top of him, that would have been justice. That's, that's I guess that's another reason why I guess I'm not a big fan of uh, the NFL being in uh, California or at least Los Angeles because I I just don't think a lot of Californians really appreciate football the same way the rest of the country does. I mean yeah I mean 49ers have some heritage there, and I'm sure some diehards, but you also have you have the hippies. Yeah, uh, one thing I didn't get to because of uh, my my speculation on the whole Trevor Noah thing was uh, this past weekend's box office, Uh, just to kind of show you how grim things really are. Um, The number one movie in the country this past weekend was Smile, and that that doesn't surprise me because, you know, you're going into Halloween, and, uh, you know, you need horror movies to be out, and Smile, uh, released by Paramount, uh, grossed about twenty-two point six million dollars. Not bad, not bad. Uh, but coming in a distant second, just under seven million dollars was "Don't worry, darling." Uh, of course, that being uh, the big, <laughs> the big to do with all the controversy going on in the background. Barely under seven million dollars. Uh, just to give you an idea, that's uh, uh, compared to the previous weekend. That is a 64.6 million, or 64.6% drop-off from the weekend take beforehand. Uh, coming in a very distant third, The Woman, the Woman King. That was about uh, a little under $7 million, and uh, that had a 38% drop-off. In fact, the number four movie in the country was a re-release, and that's Avatar. And it's been out for about a week or so. And that movie initially came out in the long ago. But the movie I really want to talk about uh, came in at 5th and bombed. It really just bombed. And I guess it's the uh, Billy Eichner uh, vehicle, Bros, released by Universal. Uh, It's supposed to be a gay rom-com. Still is, but not a lot of people saw it. It uh, took in less than $5 million, and I'm sure it's not going to do very well uh, in the upcoming weekend or two that it remains in the theaters. But I guess it really, uh, really upset that uh, that Billy Eichner, the star of this movie, so much so, because he said that uh, straight people did not come and support his movie. And uh, so he kind of took some shots at uh, some parts of the country and saying, you know, some people are just insane, weird homophobes. And like I said, that's not really a good way to market a movie, Uh, uh, calling people names that just don't want to see your movie. It kind of makes me think they're not going to want to see your movie. You keep doing that. Um, But, you know, I kind of thought about it. Why didn't this do too well? And he's talking about how straight people didn't come out and support this movie. And, you know, me as a guy, I was thinking about this as a straight guy, about rom-coms, and it dawned on me. Most straight guys don't even like straight rom-coms. Now, you know when the guy and the gal are together because there's some weird idealized things about what romance is supposed to be and uh... a lot of times movies kind of sugarcoat that or they go the ranch route and i guess uh... there's a little bit of that in bros uh... i, I was god this was actually something um, the, the director and i guess Eichner in another interview were talking about um... how for a scene that was uh, cut from bros uh, the two guys getting together, they actually had spent thirty thousand dollars to construct a fake ass for a rim scene. And if you don't know what a rim is, uh, what, what I'm referring to, uh, wait until you get to work. Uh, log onto your computer and look that up on Urban Dictionary. Make sure, make sure uh, your your supervisor, his secretary, his or her secretary, and a couple of peach from HR around. You know, just to you know, show them, hey, I'm doing research from a podcast I was listening to. Uh, but uh, they, they constructed this fake ass for that scene that they didn't end up using. And I guess for this, for this scene, and to work the fake ass, uh, they had puppeteers. So this was a big Jim Henson thing going on behind the scenes. And he can't figure out why this movie bombed at the box office. <laughs> God, man. And I don't don't think necessarily that this country is homophobic. Uh, I just, I don't see it. Um, I mean, yes, there are homophobes. There are people that legitimately are that way. But there's other people that just think, you know what, I don't need to go out and see this. Let me put it to you another way. I love my mom and dad very much. And I'll talk to them about anything. I'm not going to discuss their sex life. I'm not going to tell them about my sex life. I really don't care about your sex life, no matter what your preference is. Uh, so there's that. And I don't need to know if you have a fake butt that uh, you like to puppeteer with uh, over the weekend. So uh, just kind of from my point that uh, this country is not as homophobic as Billy Eichner makes it out to be uh, a Is number one on Netflix. I know that's kind of a non thing to say, but uh, it's produced by uh, Ryan Murphy, who is openly gay. Uh, He was the showrunner for uh, both Glee and American Horror Story, and he's doing stuff with Netflix now. And by the way, um, I believe a Warren Central alum, much like I am. I'm not quite in the same tax bracket as this dude, but uh, Peter or Evan Peters blaze dahmer it's getting a lot of critical uh, acclaim and of course there's some controversy there's some criticism uh but it's it is i guess uh for for those who don't care if hr is around the water cooler a water cooler show because it is dominating it is already in just two weeks of release according to netflix and their streaming numbers the ninth most watched show in their history like this thing is surpassing everything that isn't called stranger things that's that's how successful uh dahmer is i i still can't bring myself to watch it just because i know it's uh pretty gruesome material but people do accept uh art that intrigues them and apparently there's a lot of people that don't want to admit just how psycho they are And uh, (laughs) that's why it's doing as well as it is. And so I, you know, I guess my hats off to uh, all those involved. Um, but you know what, Ryan Murphy made something a lot of people wanted to watch in the secrecy and privacy of their own home, so they don't get awkward glances when they go and watch a story about a serial killer, a true story. And uh, I, I made a mention about a couple of episodes ago that uh, unfortunately Netflix uh, took down the uh, LGBTQ, fill in the rest of the alphabet, uh, tagging with the show because they didn't want to upset the gay community. But, um, you know, a lot of the victims were gay and Jeffrey Dahmer was basically the gay community's boogeyman at a time where AIDS and all that was prevalent. And, you know, it's it was very taboo back in the 80s compared to now and so i think uh gay or straight i think it is an important lesson to learn about uh the the art of hookup in that you got to be careful who you go home with i'm not saying you're going to go home with a serial killer you just don't know this person and you have to have boundaries it's a cautionary tale you you, it's just it's heartbreaking to think what happened to some of these people um but i guess that's the lesson and i think it's a disservice to take away those letters even though i think a great chunk of america pretty much remembers who jeffrey dahmer was and that is a, mo- a monster all right uh, uh something a little more lighthearted here a couple lighthearted things here um i, I saw this uh, in passing uh, i guess there was an exhibition game basketball over in france and uh, it was like a g-league team from over here over there playing of course a french team and lo and behold the world's greatest sports jersey name ever move over he hate me steve Ho oh, you fat that's the dude's last name Ho oh, you fat and the announcers were kind of breaking up when they would say "Ho oh, you fat for three yeah steve oh you fat I, I tell you what, uh, I thought I was done buying sports jerseys, uh, kind of outgrew that, but um, I'd be lying if I wasn't thinking about putting that on my Christmas list this year. Um, and, you know, if if, uh, if, uh, if Johnny Knoxville and Steve-O and the guys from Jackass ever want to continue continue the tradition of just getting their asses beat, Someone just needs to wear a Ho-You-Fat jersey into a Golden Corral and see what happens. I'm telling you, that would be just a great stunt. (laughs) I feel kind of bad for the dude, though, because that is his name. Steve Ho-You-Fat. And it's basically spelled Ho-You-Fat. Damn. Um... Also, okay, so getting away from the childish name-calling, uh, I, I got this idea for a podcast. I wish I had the resources to pull this off. I can barely do this. I can barely have a voice doing this podcast, uh, just talking to you. Uh, I got this idea because, I guess, uh, during another podcast, Mila Kunis was talking with somebody about Jupiter Ascending, uh, with the Wachowskis uh, uh, did, and it was a complete an utter piece of shit. It was a bomb I think it bombed worse than Bros. Um, but uh, you know it had uh, Eddie Redmayne and uh, Channing Tatum uh, in it. And uh, it was, she was basically like a space princess, and he was like a werewolf on a skateboard. And uh, you know there was planets and slaves and and all. It was basically um, uh, Battlefield Earth. Uh, not on Earth, and with less Scientology in it, bombed. but uh, during the podcast, Mila Kunis was talking about how she knew the uh, the movie was going to be a bomb because, I guess, uh, before production, uh, the studio decided to slash the budget by, like, half. Which, okay, uh, yeah, it may, might make the special effects look a little shitty, but um, what does that do to the script? Because, like, it's nonsensical. I don't think I can tell you what this movie is about in a linear fashion. It's that bad. But she hinted at that, but she goes, Yeah, you know, uh, me and Channing, you know, we, we, she, I guess they had fun making the movie because she says, Oh, I man, we got stories to tell about it. And that's the idea of the podcast. If there's somebody who's got the resources out there in Hollywood and you happen to listen to this, um, uh, my, my finder's fee is 5%, by the way. Um, you know, just, you know, take a given bomb, a movie that bombed. Yeah, you know, and just get, like, a few people together that are willing to talk about it in the same room and you just laugh and joke about it. Not necessarily saying, oh, yeah, we suck. It's just like, oh, man, here's what happened. You know, and have them laugh and joke about it. Cause I Because I would listen to a podcast with Mila and Channing talking about how shitty this movie was. <laughs> and you could do this with any movie. Um, you could probably do this... With Geely, you could probably, well, I don't know, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez seem kind of humorless. Uh, You could probably do this with Howard the Duck. Uh, You could do this with a whole bunch of movies that just, you know, stunk up the place. Um, Now, I would say 1941 was pretty terrible. Get some people that were involved with that to talk about it. But technically, uh, even though it didn't do well at the box office, it actually made some money back. But that movie was freaking garbage. Terrible. It haunts my dreams how bad that movie was. I mean, uh, that may be be the worst comedy I've ever seen. And the fact that Spielberg directed it is uh, even more heartbreaking. Alright, speaking of Haunted, uh, every episode this month, with your suggestions, with your help, because I'm only one man, I can't see everything out there. Especially the paranormal. I talk about a haunted uh, spot here in the Midwest, or uh, wherever you may be. And you know, kind of highlight that a little bit, and uh, I guess this is, uh Carolyn I got this from Carolyn um and uh she apparently likes the paranormal and uh this is not too far from where my parents live, uh maybe about half an hour forty five minutes away um it's down southern Indiana, it's the story Inn. it's in Brown county, and Brown county, by the way, is a very beautiful spot, especially this time of year uh it's just loaded with tourists and uh leaf lookers. Uh, But the story in, still standing, only building still standing that was once part of a small mining town called Story. All right. Story, Indiana. Uh, The town went defunct in the early 1900s, but the inn was restored in the 60s and now sits in the Brown County State Park, or at least on the edge of it. For years, owners kept logs in each room so that guests could document their ghostly encounters. But the most well-known ghost that haunts the inn is the blue lady thought to be uh, dr george Story's the wife i guess that's the dude that founded the, uh, the town blue lady is said to appear if you turn on a blue light in one of the rooms above the restaurant if you smell cherry tobacco her favorite she's already come and gone the inn is now a bed and breakfast if you want to check it out for yourself so uh the blue lady Cherry tobacco. Apparently, she liked to smoke that crap, and that's probably why she is the blue lady. Sounds a little morbid. I, I don't know, man. I, if I know a place is haunted and I, well it is said to be haunted, I don't know if I would spend the night there. I mean, it's it's hard enough to sleep some hotel rooms because you're just crossing your fingers that the sheets have been washed. But yeah, down in uh, Brown County, a little haunted place called the Story Inn. If you're into that sort of thing. If you're not, you just check out the leaves in Brown County, okay? So, if you have a, a haunted place or something you'd like to suggest, feel free to send that on over to the Mike Davidson uh, Facebook page, Mike Davidson Lives. And, uh, of course, i got the Twitter account as well. Until next time, stay fresh cheese bags. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Lives. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at Facebook.com backslash MDavidsonLives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at DavidsonLive.